If you're just a baseline, got a good GPA, graduated from a good program, check the box on my two internships, that won't be enough. These are the activities that you need to put yourself through to be matching the marketplace. And this is how people get hired. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. I've had some really interesting conversations lately as we get close to the start of another college year. Since so many of our audience are between that kind of 18 to 25 year old range, and we work with 100 different colleges and universities across the sports management landscape. I had a lot of professors reach out to me lately and say, you know, Brian, it would be really helpful if you recap some of the fundamentals, some of those key components of what it takes to survive in the sports industry, because we want to use them in our classroom and we want to have these conversations and these are great conversation starters. So with that in mind, we also got a really great question from a student that I think will really help build this conversation. It's from Michael. And he says, Hey Brian, I'm starting my sophomore year in college and I just declared as a sports management major. I am super excited. This semester, I'm taking intro to sports management and sports marketing. So I'm just getting started. What advice would you have for someone like me to maximize my college years and be primed to hit the workforce in three more years? Michael, you are aligning really good with this professor demand. This, we're, we're getting to the fundamentals and I think this is really important. I love this question because you're thinking ahead. You do have a limited amount of time to make this impression, to learn as much as you can, to really set up your foundation for success in the sports industry. And as we all know, the sports industry is really competitive. A job will get posted and 500 people will apply is what I'm trying to say. How do you stand out from that? How do you make sure you're one of those in there? The first thing I want to tell you is to kind of frame that expectation a little bit. And what I mean by that is I talk to a lot, a lot of talent acquisition managers across sports, and they will tell me, unlike most other industries, yes, they'll get 500, they'll get 700, they'll get 300 applications for their job. But a high uh, percentage of those people that are applying are not qualified or interested in that role. They just like the idea of working in sports. So you still have a pretty narrow group or percentage of people that you're competing against if you are qualified, if you are really interested, if you are focused in that area. So don't get too overwhelmed by the numbers. But Michael, I want to take this back to kind of like some of those fundamentals of getting hired in the sports industry. To me, there are four major components for getting hired. And it's not just like, it's only four things. It's a lot that comes underneath those things. But four big principles. Think of them like the four corners of a house. They're your foundation. Any one of them isn't there, they kind of, the roof falls down. Is that analogy work for you? All right, it's going to have to. So we're moving on. But first, gaining the right experience. Matching industry demand. Understanding how to get and gather and acquire more experience so that when you hit the workforce, you are matching industry demand. We'll talk about that for a little bit today. Building and maintaining your network. Most of you out there are going to start from scratch. If you're a college student, you don't you don't really have a network yet. Very few of you do. You have to start to build that, but it's not just building a series of connections. It's building relationships. It's not about having a thousand connections on LinkedIn. It's about having 20 people who are in areas that you want to get into that it can help you with thought leadership, that can help you with mentoring, that can help you with understanding what's happening in the industry that you have built a relationship with. Continuing, mastering your resume, cover letter, and personal brand. That's what represents you out there. You have to be able to have a strong resume, 
strong cover letter, but also that personal branding component is extremely important. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then the last one is interviewing for jobs and internships. My, my viewpoint is you can do all the other things right. You can gain all the right experience. You can have this great network. You can have a, a, a resume and a cover letter and a personal brand that are on point. But if you can't interview well, that's when the final five people out of that 500 are in front of people and you're interviewing and you're really starting to connect with somebody on, in that organization. If you can't do that part well, that's when those other people pass you. And in the end, same result. No matter where you were short in these four components, the result ended up being the same. You didn't get the job. So we got to work on all of these components. Interviewing for you as a sophomore just getting started, not as important. You can start to worry about that a little bit next year when you start doing internships and things along that line. We have a ton of interviewing content on the podcast. So listen to a lot of that stuff as you get closer to it, but it's not as relevant to you right now. Networking is a huge conversation. It's a whole separate one too. And there are components you should start now, but let's not focus there just yet either. There's a lot of content we already have on networking as well. Maybe we can do that in another upcoming podcast. Today, let's focus on the gaining the right experience because that is incredibly important as you make decisions in your college uh, experience and your resume cover letter and personal brand, because those two things go together pretty well. When you're in college, you are going to gain knowledge. Information is going to come to you. It's your job to absorb it, but you have to choose to get experience. A lot of programs out there will tell you you need to get an internship, but if you just go to the internship like locally on campus and don't really engage with it, but it's easy and you can get through it really well, well, that's your choice. What I'm telling you is the most important phase of your college four years or however long you take is to start gaining experience that applies to the marketplace. So let me explain. You're going to have a chance to do internships. Do them aggressively. You need to plan to do at least two internships during college, hopefully more. And also layer in things like volunteer opportunities, you know, starting your own website, contributing articles, all these different things that you can do to be start to build your personal brand. But the key point here is let's talk about the internship side. You need to be getting out there and seeing how this your your classroom teachings apply to the real world. And the only way you do that is through internships. You need to do two. And the reason I say that is because I believe there's a balance that has to happen here. You should do one at a small organization. So think like a minor league baseball team, a small marketing agency, you know, whatever field it is that you want to get into, because you will get to do a little bit of everything at those organizations. If you work for a minor league baseball team, for example, same expectations as a pro team, less resources. So you are going to be doing media relations, uh, PR, you're going to work in the box office, you might be working operations, facilities, you'll do sales, you'll do a little bit of everything and get exposed to the marketplace. You'll start to figure out what you like, what really resonates with you and what you enjoy. And you'll also be able to gain knowledge in a lot of different fields, which will help you, right? Awesome experience. Plan on doing an internship at a smaller organization. But you should also do one at a larger organization. Look to a pro team. Look to a major organization like an Octagon or a Wasserman or some of these other massive sports agencies or, or sports marketing firms or whatever it may be. And the reason there is because while you may be a little bit limited in what you're able to do, 
you are going to gain so much knowledge into the best practices of how the best operate. You're going to see and absorb so much. You're going to get a feeling for what it's like to be there. You're going to network with high-level people. You're going to really understand best practices and how things should operate. And you're going to walk out of that with a different type of experience. Plus, you're going to have something on your resume that stands out. If I see a resume that comes into me, and I see that somebody's worked at ESPN or the Miami Dolphins, or they worked for the you know Oklahoma City Thunder right there. I'm like, that's impressive. That stands out. That helps. So your experience you're starting to gain is going to match up with your resume, cover letter, personal brand. These two things work pretty much in together. Now let's go a layer deeper into a process that I like to call doing a heat check. Heat checks rarely work. James puts up a three. So think about this for a second. You graduate, you did your classes, you did your couple internships, you put together a resume and you start firing it out out there, looking for jobs, looking for magic. That may work. You may get some interest that way. I tend to think that's way too passive. And I'm not saying you're going to start calling and harassing people. I'm saying you need to take a different activity before you even get to that point. And I call it a heat check. Here's what you do. I want you... Michael, and everybody else to start gaining a little bit of career clarity right now. What is it you want to do? What is it in the sports industry? You can't just be, I want to work in sports. You have to start refining what that means. There are so many different options in the sports industry, finance, marketing, operations, HR, scouting, coaching, agencies. I mean, there's a lot, athletic trainers. You need to start getting a little bit of career clarity. It doesn't have to be perfect right now, but you have to start figuring out what that is. And I'm going to give you a real world example. I identified that I wanted to work in broadcast journalism. So then my next step was to start doing a little bit of research into the jobs that were available in broadcast journalism. So for you, it could be different. Let's say you wanted to work in social media. Right now, Michael and everybody else listening, you need to start looking at job descriptions of social media coordinators across teams, across leagues, across marketing agencies, across Bleacher Report, all these different avenues out there. A social media coordinator is a entry-level job. That term coordinator kind of tips you off. That's an entry-level type position. Start researching and looking at those job descriptions. Start understanding what it means to do that job. What are the requirements? What are the skills? What are the things that they're looking for? Write them down. So if you read a job description and you start to look through and you're like, okay, they say they want somebody with Photoshop experience. They understand ad targeting. They understand how to do Google Analytics and uh, Excel. And they use uh, Jira. And you're like, I've never heard of any of those things. Well, guess what? You got to start to learn them. So here's the actual application here. What I want you to do. I don't care whether you're a sophomore, a freshman, a junior. Everybody should be doing this. Go look at 10 or 15 jobs on workinsports.com, our site. We have over 25,000 right now. They're all out there, right? Look at the jobs. Read the job descriptions. Understand what the demands are. They're going to tell you, we want somebody that has these skills. Put that into a spreadsheet. List these things out. And then in the next column over, put down a list of how comfortable you are with that skill. Oh, all these jobs are saying they want Photoshop. I looked at 10 or 15 jobs. Nine of them said they wanted somebody to have Photoshop skills. I don't know anything about Photoshop. That's a zero. Okay. Go through that list. Keep giving. Oh, I know Microsoft Dynamics. Give that a six. You know, whatever. Give yourself a score. That becomes your game plan now. When you choose your next courses, your, op- your optional courses, when you choose your internships, when you choose how you decide to learn on YouTube or all those things you need to do, that's telling you, if I'm going to get a job in this field, these are the skills that I need. That is your cheat sheet. 
That is telling you, by the time I graduate, if I'm mastering these skills, I will be in demand for this job because I have the skills that match the actual world. We spend so much time thinking about GPAs. We spend so much time thinking about, you know, I checked the box and I got my two internships and now I'm ready. Everybody come to me. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to come to them. You got to be the match they need. You have to fill a hole at their organization. And if you're just a baseline, got a good GPA, graduated from a good program, check the box on my two internships, that won't be enough. Do you match the skills that they need? So now I told you I was going to give you a real world, real world example. So I wanted to work in broadcast journalism. When I started to do this research, when I was in college, which was a while ago, admittedly, I started to do the research and discover what demand was. And the emerging technology at the time was something called nonlinear editing. I had a good GPA. I was involved in internships. I was involved in different on-campus curriculum activities. The reason that I got hired at CNN Sports Illustrated directly out of college and didn't start working at some podunk station in Pocatello, Idaho, and have to build my way up is because I mastered nonlinear editing my senior year of college because that was the skill that was in demand. I mastered that. CNN was looking for people that had that skill set and knew sports. I got a phone call. Now, I still had to nail the interview. I still had to do all these other activities, but I got noticed because I had the skill that was in demand. You can't get noticed and, and know what skills are in demand if you're not doing the research. So start with research now. Start reading job descriptions and pulling out those things that these organizations are telling you that they want so that when you get to, to applying for jobs, you can nail their expectations. So now let's dub this, tail this into your re- resume, cover letter, and personal brand. A little heat check time, perhaps. Over Kyrie. Butter. You've all heard by now, probably, but if you haven't, I'll do a quick recap what an uh, applicant tracking system is. Organizations, let's pick the Miami Dolphins again. Organizations like the Miami Dolphins, when they get 700 resumes in, they all run through what's called an applicant tracking system. And it's basically a fancy filtering system. It's a software that HR departments use to manage the inflow of applications and job process and running somebody through the entire process. Well, the first part of that is filtering out the resumes to get to the best matches. So if I'm the Miami Dolphins and I'm looking to hire a social media coordinator and I tell them I want somebody that has these 10 skills, their HR department is going out and looking at those 700 resumes and saying, hey, hiring manager, here are the 50 that match the skill set you're looking for. Maybe not 100%, but they've got seven to 10 of the skills that you're looking for, 70%-ish of the skills you're looking for. Start here. So what's the point of all this? If you don't have the skills that match specifically to the demands of the job. There isn't a connection between the two. You don't get noticed. You don't get through the applicant tracking system. They don't see you. They don't look at your resume. They don't look at your cover letter. They don't look at your LinkedIn profile. They don't check out your fancy uh, website, webpage that you built. They just don't see you. So your job is to make sure that you match and you stand out for the right reasons. And the only way you can do that is to keep Every six months, looking through job descriptions, seeing what those in-demand skills are, seeing what new programs or tools or activities people are looking for in their job descriptions. New technologies are popping up all the time. You need to do this every six months. You may look now and see certain things. And then in six months, you may see things like Slate and other programs that are coming and emerging and other people are using. And they would say, hey, you know what would really make a difference for this job if somebody understood how to use Slate? Okay. I do. 
I'm familiar with it because I did this research. I knew it was in demand and I learned it. It's all in your hands. This is the work you have to do outside of the classroom. These are the activities that you need to put yourself through to be matching the marketplace. And this is how people get hired. And I'm telling you right now, if you do this, you will be ahead of 95% of the competition because not enough people are spending the time and effort to match themselves to industry demand. That's what you're doing. It's not about just following the steps of your program. Your college program is great. I'm sure you're going to learn a ton, but you have to go above and beyond and make sure you're not only fulfilling what the demands of your curriculum and your program, but you're matching the demands of the marketplace. You do that, you're going to be unstoppable. So Michael, that's a good start in this conversation. We'll get into some other foundational concepts in the coming weeks because I want to make sure everybody is nailing these foundational concepts before we start to get into other topics like informational interviews, all these other little nuanced things that you can do. Let's cover the big ones and then we'll get back into some of the nuanced topics and the emerging trends. So thank you for listening. It is such a joy to have this show to give you all this knowledge that you can act on. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Means the world to me, helps us grow. We're trying to change people's lives here. So continue to tune in and and engage with what we're trying to do. Thanks everybody. I'll see you on Wednesday.